All right, hello everyone, and welcome to the year that was dot 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 1997. I'm your host, Aaron Maxson, along with my co-host uh, Nate Maxson. Um, how's it going, buddy? Hello, everybody. Um, in case you're new new to the show, what we're going over a calendar year of the major wrestling shows of 1997. Um, so we're, when we say this, we're talking WCW Nitro, WWF Raw, and their uh, pay-per-views. Um, what we're going into this week is WCW Spring Stampede 1997. Um, there hadn't been a Spring Stampede since 1994, which if you guys don't know about Spring Stampede 1994, it has to be in the, I'd say, top three best... Um, pay-per-views that WCW, not just the NWA, but WCW ever put on. It was it's, a fantastic show. It is literally my favorite WCW pay-per-view. From top uh, to bottom, fantastic card. Great show. Um, the date of this show is April 6, 1997. It was in Tupelo, Mississippi at the Tupelo Coliseum with 8,356 people in attendance. Um The tagline sucks. All of WCW's pay-per-view taglines sucked. Uh, The tagline of this is, These men do solemnly swear to kick, fight, punch, stomp, and flatten anyone who gets in their way. That's long. That's long (laughs) and dumb. I don't understand it. Yeah, they weren't weren't good at that stuff, and they also weren't good at videos in WCW. No, they were not. Um... This pay-per-view is also world-famous for something we're going to talk about here in a little bit. We'll get there when we get there. I don't know if Nate realizes what this is, but you're going to find out. All right. Um, the show opens. It's Tony Schiavone, Dusty Rhodes, and Bobby Heenan on play-by-play, which I'm always excited about. I think those three were really good together. Um, I believe I've said that. Every pay-per-view we've talked about with WCW, I liked... I'm not a huge three-man booth fan, but I was a fan of Tony, Dusty, and Bobby together. Just my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, they give an update on the show that Scott Hall Surprise has uh, not shown up. Um, this is, I think, the first um, notable, not, no, no, uh, how do you want to say it? No show of Scott Hall. Um, For, first of many to come, but yes, this is the first yes. notable one. Yes, the wheels are falling off of Scott Hall and WCW here. Um, but that's the big first thing they talk about, and they say that um, the championship committee, uh, and this seemed like a heel thing for WCW to do. They're supposed to be the good guys, but they were like, oh, Scott Hall's not here. Well, Kevin Nash, you can't replace him, and you got to fight the Steiners by yourself and defend the tag team championships. <laughs> like, that sounds like a heel move, but whatever. Um so that's the big story that's going to unfold here in the, the openings of the show. And the opening contest is um, something that when I saw it, I was like, oh, Nate would be excited about this. It is the Ultimo Dragon versus Rey Mysterio Jr. Yeah, gangbusters. Yeah. Like, We're starting out full throttle. Yeah, here you go. Boom. Um, it just shows the... The talent depth of both companies at this time that this is this is the fucking opening match. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Mo Dragon versus Rey Mysterio. Um Sonny Ono not at ringside. Um 
he is supposedly not at ringside because he's focusing on a character Hokuto tonight as she's defending the WCW championship against Medusa. And this isn't a title match. So he's got his priorities. Um, I think they're setting up that Ultimo Dragon's going to get a little fed up with Sonny. Yeah. Pissed off that him is a part. Yeah. Um, they have a pretty good match, obviously. And it's actually kind of fun because you think right away they're just going to go out there and just hit it. But they actually don't just have a foot flop match. They actually do some mat based shit because Ultimo was good at that, you know, and mm-hmm. he's, he's playing the heel, obviously. So he's kind of playing the, he's the, how do you say it? Like he's got a bit of a weight advantage on Ray and that's what they're, they're telling a story, which I appreciate. Um, During the match, they do a split screen with Lee Marshall trying to interview Kevin Nash, but six Pac answers the door. The audio is terrible, but basically tells Lee Marshall to fuck off. It's like, get out of here. Nobody wants to talk to you. Nash has nothing to say. Uh, basically because he's trying to interview him and ask him about him having to, like, you know, go into a handicap match and defend the tag titles. Mm-hmm. And the match really picks up at the end. Like I said, they build a story. And Ray ends up getting a, getting a springboard roll-up, is what they call it, but it's uh, um, what you call it, West Coast Pop, basically, what he calls it now. He gets the West Coast Pop on Ultimo Dragon, pins him one, two, three. Pretty good match. Good, decent way to open the show. As you would expect from these two guys, um, never a stinker. Nope. I've actually never. I have seen, honest to God, and as much as I like him, I have to say it. I have. I have seen a few Rey Mysterio matches that I wouldn't would definitely not say were terrible, but I've seen some Rey Mysterio matches. It was like, eh, eh. Yeah. I've never. I've never seen an Ultimo Dragon match that I feel that way about. I haven't either. Even when he was in WWE, and that was a disastrous run there it was still he was still good mm-hmm. um slipped to wrestlemania i mean he did that um did you ever hear about one of the reasons when he kind of felt like okay i need to get out of here was was when stephanie wanted to take his mask off yeah she said he said he saw her for the first she saw him for the first time without his mask and thought he was handsome and he should remove his mask and he was like uh <laughs> I'm the Ultimo Dragon here. <laughs> kind of my thing. So anyway, um, then, so unless you got anything else on that. Nope. All right. Now we move into Lee Marshall once again, trying to uh, interview Kevin Nash, who is confronted by the Steiner brothers. Um, he's demanding that, um, uh, they they don't do a good way of explaining it, but one of the one of the things that Kevin Nash went back to the committee on with them having to what the fuck? <laughs> Sorry, I think some cats are throwing hands. <laughs> oh yeah, shit's going down over there. Anyway, I'm outside, people. Just you know, beautiful in Ohio right now, so I'm staying outside. I don't think that audible what was going on there. Yes, it actually sounded like angry birds, though, not angry cats. It was cats. They were scrapping. (laughs) But anyway, um, they do a terrible job of explaining this, but one of the things that Kevin Nash went back to the committee with was that if he's got to go into it two-on-one, that he should be able to get 
pick the referee and he wants Nick Patrick and the Steiners are pissed off about it. So they're confronting him in the hallway and police and everybody show up. It's like a big pull apart. And Scott ends up accidentally striking a police officer, which gets him maced and arrested. (laughs) That'll do it. That'll do it. Um, Little foreshadowing on his actual couple of thick scrapes in his real life. I mean, he ran a cop over. Yeah. So it's kind of close. kind of similar. Um, so now they're questioning if this match is even going to happen. Cause, cause not, cause Scotty's Scotty's arrested. Um, the next match is Medusa versus Akira Hokuto for the WCW women's championship. And this is nothing special. Um, it's just a basic women's match. Luna Vashon ends up getting involved, and Akira Hokuto retains the WCW Women's Championship. WCW I'm, Women's Championship was a lame belt. Yeah, I, I was going to say, I have no comment on this. Um, most of the time, I forget there was a WCW Women's Championship. Well, this is the thing. Medusa shows up. She drops the belt in a trash can in 1995. Okay, and then they don't start the division until 1997. Yeah, <laughs> like all that, whatever you could have done with it, with her being the uncrowned WWF Women's Champion, they they waited two years until nobody gave a shit. Right, made no sense. Um, so then the next match, um, is. Lord Steven Regal trying to win the World Television Championship against, uh, from, sorry, Prince Ikea. He's still our champ. Like I said, this went a lot longer than I remember it, but he's still hanging on to the belt. And um, this era, William Regal couldn't have a bad match if he wanted to. Right. <laughs> he, but, could, he even had good matches by accident. Yes. Like, this is... I want to say right before or right at the beginning of his problems, his demons, mm-hmm. whatever they, they call them in wrestling, they're demons. So he's still clean here, as far as I know. I mean, t- he could be hiding it well. He's still managing it anyway. Yes, he's not ballooned. There's a point where Regal's like, like pounds. That's bad. Yeah, at this point, at this point, he's like Jake in the WWF in the 80s. He's He's probably using, but he's really good at hiding it. Probably doesn't do it right. For everything I want to say, everything anybody wants to say about Jake, till he got like post like WWF, like doing those fucking horrible indie shows and shit. I don't. I think he said that he never went to the ring loaded, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. But um, um, Gene Okerlund said even when when he was loaded, you couldn't tell he was loaded. Back yeah, no. I'm just saying. I don't think he ever like went out of the went out to the ring loaded. No, he did everything after the matches. I bet Regal. I have a feeling Regal was the same way. Mm-hmm. It sounds silly to say this because of what they were doing, but they're professional enough not to, yeah, to get sir, loaded. Yeah, risk killing someone because yeah. they're inebriated in the ring. Yeah, but it just seems silly to say they're professional enough when they're doing like everything they can find. But anyway, um. I'll say this. Prince Ike is actually getting better. I still don't think he's world television championship material, but he's getting better. Um, so this is a pretty good, decent little match. 
Um, Prince IK ends up winning the match with a surprise roll up one, two, three. Regal can't believe it, and he ends up attacking um, IK after the match and giving him the Regal stretch. And officials have to come out, and Piper's or uh, uh, Shivani's all over this. Oh, sore ass loser, and all this other stuff. And it's still continuing the Regal snapping scenario. Like it just mm-hmm. keeps happening. Um, so, any comments on that? No, but you know, you can tell that, like you said, you can tell IK is getting better. And the reason he's getting better is because he's working with William Regal night in and night out. Obviously. Yeah. Whoever's made this decision isn't isn't how to put some thought into that. It's yeah. probably like we gotta yeah, let's put him with Regal. He's only he's only gonna get better. He's not gonna get worse. Right. Just, <laughs> he'll get better or he'll stay the same. Mm-hmm. And I think this is Kevin Sullivan, I'm pretty sure at this point. Yeah. Um the next thing is me and Gene Oakland, he hypes the one nine hundred number, then introduce Ric Flair who gets a great reaction from the crowd. Flair states that he's got his release from the DL list and he, DL, um, sorry, the the disabled list and he can return to action on May 1st, 1997. Um, Then he talks about Roddy Piper and Kevin Green and um, that May 18th will be Horseman Night. So I think this is going into a, I can't, I think it's Slamboree or something coming up where Flair and Green team with uh, Piper to fight against Hall Nash Nash. and Six. Yes. Yeah. Which when we get there, it matches better than what it had any right to be. Um, So that's what he's talking about. So he's getting people hyped up for that. Um, so that just basically was what it was. The next match is rough. It is the Public Enemy versus Steve Mongo McMichael and Jeff Jarrett with Deborah. This thing will not fucking go away. <laughs> like, how how do I say it? Like, I don't want to hate on anybody in this thing. I mean, I do hate the Public Enemy, um, but these two teams should not be feuding with each other. Like I don't understand this feud. Well, and it's it's I don't know it's um it's almost like they just picked an arbitrary tag team for Jarrett and McMichael to feud with so they could internally feud with each other. Yes, but least, like who's who's not fucking doing anything right now? Public Enemy. But it's just like this thing keeps going on. It keeps dragging, and I don't care about it. Like this is. This is the gold dust Hunter Helmsley portion of WW Nitro. If you had, you know what I mean? Like, uh, just make this thing end. It's the same fucking thing every week, you know, like Marlena getting hit by China. Yeah. Every week happens. Okay. Um, Halliburton and screwy finish every week. Like it's the same thing. They don't do anything new at all during any of this ever. Yeah. Wash one repeat. And it's bad. Um, I feel really bad for one of my notes is I feel really bad for Jeff Jarrett. Because Jeff Jarrett, I don't care what anybody says, actually a talented guy. And I'm not saying he should have been world champion or anything like that, but he's actually a talented guy and he's just stuck out there with public enemy, Mongo, and Deborah. 
he's got to figure this shit. Like, like Jeff Jarrett's putting this shit together. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, he's not confused <clears throat> from the public enemy. <laughs> like, public enemy comes in and says, "Well, this is we're gonna do this. We're gonna do that." Yeah, maybe Rocco. Now that I think about it, maybe him and Rocco. Does Rocco Rocket actually work? Yeah. Yeah. Experienced, yeah. Yeah. Um, they uh, end up brawling all over the arena. Um, Rocco Rock gets thrown through um, two bulls and a cow. They're up on the stage, just big two fake bulls and, a, and one cow he gets hit with. Um, and then Johnny ends up going through a table. Uh, Rocco comes back eventually, and guess what he hits Jeff Jarrett with? The Halliburton <laughs> briefcase. And the winners are Public Enemy 1, 2, 3. It's a stinker. So that means that this is probably going to continue. Yeah, I think, uh, what, eventually at some point... I don't know. If, I can't remember if they get to the point with this thing ever, or if it just fades away once Flair's back in the saddle of the horseman and blah, blah, blah. But anyway. I can't remember either when Jarrett quits. Uh, he quits in either August or September. Because his, his return to Raw, I think, is in September 97. I think. But we'll get there. Um, he's kind of like... During the Attitude Era, he was kind of like a more success. How do I say, like a more successful Terry Taylor? Yeah, like like that dude jumped over all the time. Um, but uh, anyway, that's the Public Enemy's victory, and now we're gonna roll into what Nate doesn't remember happened on this show. Oh goody! <laughs> going to set this up, all right? Because later on. We got our main event in this, or you got our main event of this match, um, which is a four corners match. Well, half of our main event, which is a four corners match, which will feature um, Booker T versus Stevie Ray versus the Giant versus Lex Luger. And the winner of this match gets a WCW championship shot against Hulk Hogan. So Mean Gene brings into the brings into the interview stage the Harlem Heat and Sister Sherry. <laughs> uh, I know where this is going now, and and I yes. love how you're setting it up. <laughs> yes, so they come in for this this innocuous just throwaway interview. The Harlem Heat's going to cut their promo about one of them finally be getting a shot at the World Championship, and it's been a long time coming and whichever one of them wins they win stevie ray he cuts his promo says his business says what he has to say and then booker t he cuts a little promo on giant and has a little something to say to lex luger and then he states that after they're done taking care of lex luger and uh, the giant hulk hogan uh, he, he's coming for you, and he says something that I'm not going to say. <laughs> we're coming for you, Donut. Yeah, he, we're coming for you, and then he says... How, how does how does, how does the network handle I'm getting, that? I'm getting there. Okay. He, we get the abbreviated <laughs> N-word. 
from Booker T. And Booker T knows what he did. Cannot take it back. And it's probably lucky he was wearing sunglasses. And <laughs> Sherry, he 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 grips his fin- hands together, like makes a little fist, and he puts his hands over his face. And Sherry gives him the it's okay, it's okay, baby thing on the back of the neck. You know what I mean? But her face is priceless. Yes. Like not 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 what not what your lover would do to you, like your wife, you know? Hmm. Just the girl this girl that's just your friend and you know you fucked up by saying something. She gives him it's 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 okay, baby, and gives him a little pat on the back of the neck. And me and Jean <laughs> quiet for a second and then says thank you harlem heat let's go ahead and send it back out to the crowd let's send it back out to the booth um the network handles it by putting over sucka all right um and it's not it's not good it's not a good edit <laughs> Whoever did it was like, "Fuck it!" Everybody knows about it. <laughs> like, I would if I was the WWE, I just would have left it. Yeah, like everybody knows what he said. He didn't say the the R version of it, you know. Mm-hmm. Not that I'm even gonna say the non R version of it. I don't. I don't have that right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But they should have just left it in. And um. I've I have not. It's funny that you, you're right. They should have. I have I I wonder if, as I haven't in years, I haven't watched Survivor Series 2005. I don't know if they kept that in there or not. The Vince deal. Yeah, I don't know. But um. But anyway, yeah, Sherry's priceless in this situation. Yes. Absolutely priceless. And like, if she wants to laugh. So yes. bad. Yes. So bad. She's just like, it's okay, baby. Like, maybe nobody noticed. <laughs> what I want to see is I want to see, because it's out there somewhere, because they didn't just turn the camera off right away. I want to see. After. All those, those four people. <laughs> to get Because Booker T's funny. Okay. Sherry's a Looney Tune, not, and I'm saying that in a good way. It was a Looney yeah. Tune. Booker's fucking funny. Mean Dean's funny. Like I, <laughs> <laughs> I want to see the real life. <laughs> and those three people <clears throat> spitting and looking at Booker T. I mean, like, <laughs> what the fuck was that? Uh, that's funny. And they come back to sh- Tony and Dusty and Bobby, and none of them say anything about it. Of they course they don't. They probably weren't even watching. Yeah, probably. But if they were, Bobby want- probably wanted to say something. <laughs> uh, Booker laughs about it now, but he said it was at that point. That was he thought he was he thought it was it. <laughs> I was done. I just I'm fired. Hulk Hogan the N word. <laughs> 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 uh, but yeah, that that's that this happened on that night. Um, the next match is Chris Benoit with Woman versus Dean Malenko for the United States Championship. Um, it's as good as it sounds. It's a very hard hitting, strong style match. Um, Miss Jackie comes out 
and attacks woman. And then Jimmy Hart tries to steal the United States championship, but Eddie Guerrero comes out and stops him because, you know, he had belts taken from him and he doesn't like it. And then um, they end up doing like a big, um, uh, basically Malenko, uh, Malenko suplexes Benoit to the floor. And I know it sounds simple, but just, it looked fantastic. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was a hell of a, he, like he didn't block shit. Like, like he just boom, he just studded. And you watch and you're like, oh god damn, that dude it wasn't fully asked, but that dude did not take good care of himself and shit yeah. like that. Um and then double A comes out and he attacks Malenko and then Sullivan he comes out and he's attacking Benoit. This the fucking rails go off this thing. Um and Sullivan, he's attack. He comes out and he's attacking Benoit, or yeah, Benoit with a kendo stick. And um, um, they end up getting the belt. And Eddie Guerrero, like Eddie Guerrero, has the belt and he's hurt, but he has the belt. And they do like this weird thing where like Conan, Kevin Sullivan, and Jimmy Hart are pulling away Eddie Guerrero, but they're making it look like Eddie Guerrero is leaving with him. They hmm. leave with them. So, like, Eddie and Dean, or, or so Benoit and um, um, Dean think that Eddie's, like, with the D, with the Dungeon of Doom, and he's, like, in the middle of these guys. Like, what the fuck? Yeah. I have nothing to do with this. They end up tossing out the match and giving it to Dean by disqualification, and then Malenko bet, told Benoit he wasn't even supposed to be here. And the commentating team was like, everybody was out there. So who were they talking about? Who's the he that wasn't even supposed to be out here? Mm-hmm. It was like a lot of moving parts and kind of screwy. And sounds, I was going to say, it sounds a little convoluted to me. Yes, it was a little convoluted. And I think if it, if I was in the crowd, I'd been like, what the fuck is going on? What is, <laughs> what is happening? Um, So we now find out in a very WCW-esque fashion that Kevin Nash will be defending the WCW World Tag Team Championships in a singles match against Rick Steiner. (laughs) So so Nick Patrick, he's coming out. He looks like Kenny Powers (laughs) from HBO. Um, He's back, Nick Patrick. they're putting over the fact, you remember, like, last couple of weeks I've been talking to you about how they were saying that Steiner still had his, his like, inner ear injury from yeah. the hilarious car accident that he was in. <laughs> um, they're still putting that over, um, talking about how Rick's going in here with an inner ear problem. Um, Patrick is attempting to referee the match um, – a little too even for Nash's liking. Like there's a couple counts where Nash is like, you know, what the hell man? Like, cause he didn't fast count it or whatever. And Patrick's just like, like, I don't know what you want me to do. I can't make it look too, right. Like, it can't be too obvious. Too obvious. Yeah. Jesus. I still have a job here, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and then <clears throat> six ends up exposed. Oh, I'm sorry. I forgot to mention that Ted DiBiase and six are out with Kevin Nash. Um, six exposes the top turnbuckle. And um, 
Um, Nash basically gives Rick Steiner um, his snake eyes move into the buckle, but he's like slamming like the side of his head. So he's like hitting his ear and all that shit, mm-hmm. you know? And um, Patrick and DiBiase are, are starting to get a little pissed off. Like, like DiBiase's like, the first time, yeah, okay. Second time, maybe. But he's doing it way, way too much, you know? Right. And DiBiase gets to the point where he leaves. He walks away. And um, Patrick ends up reluctantly um, – making the three count after Kevin Nash hits the jackknife powerbomb and he smacks Nick Patrick around everything like that. So um, can't remember how soon it is, but DiBiase is soon going to be out of the NWO that's coming up and Nick Patrick will be as well. And this is the start of that. And the, as much as I like the Steiner brothers, and as much as I like Ted DiBiase, there was never a more awkward manager-protege combination to me. I don't know why they just—it just didn't work. It well, did. we'll get—we'll get—we'll get to it when we get to it. But um, the reason being for this is um, the backstory to it is um, people don't know. Originally, DiBiase was going to be the money man and the mouthpiece of the NWO. And the NWO took off further than anybody thought it would. So Eric Bischoff was like, I'm going to be in it. Attach myself to this. I'm going to attach myself to this. And DiBiase was basically like, I didn't leave the WWF to come here to hold Hogan's belt while you guys talk. Right. And... They basically said, "Well, we got. We'll just put you with the Steiner brothers, I guess." Should have just did something else with them. I don't. Yeah. I don't know what else. I don't know what else they could have done with them. I would have said, "Well, anything else." Put him in the. He did booth work. He wasn't the greatest commentator in the world, but the, he did booth work. You know, have him be an agent, do something. I would even. I would even have been better. What I want to say. I would even have been more accepting of him. Like maybe going away for a little bit, you know, just, and I mean, obviously you have to get him away from the NW. I don't know. You have, you have them get pissed at him and fire him or something. Right. Yeah. And then, and then he could have been, Oh, go ahead. Sorry. Three months later, I would have been fine with, with him because they always want to bring it back anyway, even though it should have died in 88 being like the JJ Dillon for the horseman. I was going to say he could have just been JJ for the horseman. Mm hmm. But they put it with the Steiner brothers, and it was it is whack. what it is. It yeah. was whack. But we'll get to that whack ass shit here in a little bit. Um, then uh, we get Mean Gene Okerlin, and he's interviewing Lex Luger and the Giant. And in a weird situation, I can't believe it happened like twice in one night. Lex Luger calls Hulk Hogan a racial slur. Couldn't believe it. He didn't really do that. I just, <laughs> nothing really happened in the interview. So it would have been great if Luger would have just been like, coming for you, cracker. <laughs> and all your um, aids. Yeah. So um, this is actually going to be kind of a quick show, guys, because this pay per view just kind of pumps along and there's not a whole lot of, whole lot of uh, stuff going on on it. 
Um, I shouldn't say there's not a whole lot of stuff. It just kind of this is just like a very basic, basic ass pay per view. Like I, it, it's a it's a two match pay per view basically, mm-hmm. and it's the two matches we're getting into. Um, the next match is a four corners match for the number one contendership uh, for the WCW Championship, currently held by Hulk Hogan. It's Lex Luger versus Booker T versus the Giant versus Stevie Ray. Uh, Booker T and Stevie Ray do a nice little touch here. That I actually thought was kind of cool. Um, they wore different. They wore their they wore their outfits like their Harlem Heat attire, but they both wore different colors. Like I think Booker's in gold, like Stevie's in gold, and I think Booker's in purple. Okay, and just kind of like we're not a team tonight, right? You know, like we're against each other. Um, uh, like I say this every week, Luger and Giant, boring. Um, Booker and Stevie Ray end up working to working against each other in the match, but I just didn't. I didn't feel it. I don't think these guys felt it either. Like at the at this point, I just, I just don't think I don't think they were. It was weird that they didn't jive in the ring. It was kind of like when Flair fought Arn. You know, yeah, and it's like eh, I don't want to see these yeah. guys fight each other. Yeah, and I didn't either. I hated that, and I didn't like. I mean, I didn't like it when um, when Stevie Ray joined the NWO and all that. I don't know. Did they? They? I. I from what I remember, they didn't even ever have Booker wrestle Stevie Ray after Stevie Ray joined the NWO. I think they just kind of no. I think they had a couple matches. Oh, did they? Because I remember them. I remember them against each other during the Rousseau era with like Jay Biggs and Ahmed Johnson and all that. They had a couple matches because Virgil was with um, Stevie Ray. It's just. There's a reason you don't remember it. Yeah, they didn't. They did not work well. Or not that they didn't work. That's the wrong phrase. That's not what I'm saying. They both worked well, but it didn't. It didn't mesh for them to be against each other. Yeah, and I agree. I totally agree about Arn and Flair. That's like the biggest mistake ever. That match never should have happened. They never should have wrestled each other. Oh, Arn said he threw up in a trash can before it. That's how fucking nervous he was. And it's sad now that they're not even friends anymore. Yeah, I don't anyway. know. What, I don't know what happened with that. Obviously, I'm not in it, but anywho, Flair's a train wreck. That's what happened with that. Anywho, um, the giant ends up beating down um, Harlem Heat, and it looks like he can get the win, but he goes over and he sticks his hand out to Lex Luger. And Luger's a little confused. And Giants like tag me, take it, buddy. And he tags him. Luger gets in the ring, ends up getting the torture rack, and I think it was Stevie Ray. I didn't write it down for sure, sorry. And um, now Lex Luger is the number one contender. And the story of the match is that the Giant is such a good friend and such an unselfish person that he allowed his best friend Lex Luger to be the one to go face Hulk Hogan and help save WCW. And there you go. <laughs> and it's dumb. <laughs> and they didn't even 
allow Bobby to be Bobby here. Bobby's just like, oh, what a stand-up guy the giant is. He should have been like, what an idiot. fucking idiot. It's fucking idiot. Did he learn nothing? Did he learn nothing in this business? Can't be friends with anybody. I mean, he could have said fucking idiot at this point. I mean, they've already dropped the end bomb. (laughs) Once you do that, pretty much say whatever you want. But that's the story of that match, and then Luger celebrates with the Giant, and now Luger is your number one contender for the WCW Championship. And WCW, when they would do number one contender shit, they were stupid with it sometimes because they just be like, he's going to get a shot at the champion down down the line at some point. Yeah, at a future point in future time. point at time, he's gonna he's gonna get a shot. What? It makes no sense. Does that mean like other people are getting the shot before? That's and that's what they always. That's why they they the the World War Three um, gimmick fell flat. You know the WWF said the winner of the Royal Rumble gets a title shot at WrestleMania. Damn, that starts a season. You know that's like yeah. oh we go from the Rumble to Mania. Here's your number one contender. Your champs at the end. Yeah, some years they mess with it or they play with the match or, you know, somebody puts up their contendership and loses it or whatever. But generally, and, that and journey it, from Rumble to Mania is something special. And it's and it's no matter who is the champion at WrestleMania, this guy will get a shot at it. Right. But WCW, like, one year it was to get a shot eventually sometime down the line. And then the next year or the next two years, somehow, some way, like... Hulk Hogan fucked the winner out of their title match. They never even got it, you know, or whatever. But yeah, just they 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 totally screwed the pooch on that. But you're right, their number one contender deal was always a little screwy. Yeah, I just never never dug it. Um W everybody said it. WCW where they had it was 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 in the ring. Like to me, that's my fondest memories of WCW is in the ring shit. Yeah. Like because creative can be as bad as it wants, but once guys get in the ring, they they have control of their shit. I I definitely remember more of the matches, the individual matches from WCW, as opposed to how they got to the matches. Oh, that's what I'm saying. Like that's what that's what I mean. Like the guys signed there. It's like WWE now. Yeah, the you guys. Know? It's like that's. Kind of what I was going to say. It's a little different, though. Because um, in WCW, you didn't have a guy. You did event. Well, maybe not even WCW. WCW probably never had this. You never had a guy just saying, this is what this is what you're going to do. A, B, C, D. This is your match. They'd say, this is, where I, this is why you guys are fighting. This is the end. Go, go. Yeah. Make it happen. You know? And that's why I think, like, a lot of times with WCW, it's like, oh, I remember that fucking match. That was fantastic. But all the shit that kind of led up to it was kind of, like, <laughs> eh, lame, you know? Yeah. Um, this is booty. <laughs> yeah. And WWE now, they're telling you, you're going to do this, you're going to do that, you're going to do this, you're going to do that. But at least with the matches, it's still wrestlers, wrestlers telling wrestlers what they should do. Yeah. You know, just how I look at it. That's why I think it's that way. They they don't have fucking script writers telling the wrestlers how to have their match. Mm-hmm. They're telling them what to say, 
and what to do to get there. But once you're in the middle of the ring, it's all you. Is is I think no matter oh. what, now any wrestler would be like, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> you, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like yeah. any wrestler worth his salt would just be like, fuck off. Fucking writer telling me I have my fucking match. And I think the WWE is even for all the stupid things they do. I think they're even smart enough to be like, eh. We shouldn't have outsiders telling guys how to have their fucking match. Yeah. But that aside, uh, Luger's now, like I said, your number one contender. Uh, this match wasn't great, but it was it was just kind of a match. Um, the next match is the main event, and it is Diamond Dallas Page's best match he ever had in his fucking entire career because he's facing the Macho Man Randy Savage in a no-disqualification match. And I agree with that statement. This is DDP's best match ever. Um, and it's because he's in there with a fucking artist. Um, what is that? Well, nothing important. Um, the Macho Man Randy Savage versus Diamond Dallas Page. No disqualification. Um, it's on the floor. They brought into the crowd using trash cans that actually have trash in them. I can't believe it. What? An actual trash can that has trash in it? <laughs> that was Randy Savage. No. Why would there be, an empty, there be an empty fucking trash can sitting <laughs> over here? And there's 8,000 people in this motherfucker. <laughs> um, and um, so they, they, like I said, they brawl all over. Trash cans are involved. Savage tries to use the bell, but Kim grabs it from him. Um, Paige got to his feet. Um, and, um, Paige, sorry. Paige got to his feet and, uh, knocked Savage off the top rope. Savage slapped around Mark Curtis, the referee, and then gave him a hellacious fucking pile driver. It was fantastic. It had to be like... Had to be like super stoked. Like Mark Curtis had to be super stoked because you know Mark Curtis was a trained professional wrestler. Mm-hmm. Actually, from everything I heard, a really good professional wrestler. He just weighed 120 pounds, and nobody yeah. was going to believe it. And he's like, "What? I got to take a fucking pile driving from the Macho Man?" And <laughs> fucking took it like a champ. It looked great. Um, One of my side note, one of my favorite things is when that fan tried to jump in the ring or whatever, and Mark Curtis hooked him. Yeah. Like, took him down. Like, Bobby Heenan green wrestling right there, Mark Curtis. <laughs> put him, like, Bobby put him over on in the booth. He was like, look at that little, little guy. <laughs> anyway. Um, so, now that Mark Curtis is out, um, Nick Patrick comes out. And um, he's going to take over and the commentators are like, oh, no, like this can't happen. And then Macho Man goes to body slam um, Paige and Paige flips it around, turns it into a turns it into a diamond cutter. And one, two, three, um, DDP is your winner. Um, Then post-match, because I allow somebody to have... I respect Kevin Sullivan, okay? But he was too much about heat. 
like way yeah. too much about heat. Like sometimes you just gotta let something be be feel good. Like let you know, Hogan Hogan must pose. Yes. Like why not let like why not let the show end with DDP um beating Randy Savage on celebrating in the crowd. Go off the air like that. Yeah. Nope, they decide that Kevin Nash is gonna come out and powerbomb Nick Patrick. And then Randy Savage attacks Kimberly Page, but Eric Bischoff does not. He's like, uh uh, ain't gonna be smacking around women and um, stops him. And then Bischoff and Savage start fighting. And that is how Spring Stampede 1997 ends. And you're right. It should have been the end of it, should have been about DDP's win. Yes. Instead, it was about more inner bickering between the NWO. Um, side note on this before we close the show I watched an interview with DDP a long time ago and he said that him and Savage were having like um, matches on their house shows because Savage was one of the actual like WWF guys, bigger guys that would actually go on the road and do shit you know what I mean? It was Mm -hmm. like him it was like him, Nash, and Hall they were the guys that would that would do the loops, and that's and it's because be- they had Titan training. Like that's well, not just that, not just that, but especially Hall and Savage. It actually kind of surprises me about Nash. I guess not, but anyway, I'll get to my point. Um, Hall and Savage, for sure, although very successful and obviously working their success into making lots of money. At the end of the day, they love being professional wrestlers. Yeah, like being out it, there with guys know, and yeah, the art, the art of being a professional happens. wrestler. Yeah, yeah, seeing all the goofy shit that happens and everything. But um, Paige said him and Savage were having this match on the road, and like Savage was like meticulous. Obviously, Paige said he kind of learned that from Savage, like map out your match. I know there's been older wrestlers that are like, oh, Randy had to, Randy had to, everything was scripted and point A, point B, point C, point D, whatever, but you know what? Never saw him have a bad fucking match. Nope. And when the match wasn't like that, he still had a good match. Yeah. Because he didn't map out every match he ever had. Those, those, a match that he would have with, with, with Bret Hart on Saturday night's main event, that he didn't invite Bret Hart down to Sarasota so they could rehearse that match for a couple of weeks. It was just those big matches like Steamboat or something with Hogan or whatever that he wanted yeah. to, yeah. But anyway. Paige, Paige says they're doing these matches on the loop, and he said he had no, and he didn't have a problem with it. He thought, he was like, I have no, going into Spring Stampede, he said, I had no idea that I was going to go over in this match. He was like, I thought it'd be some kind of fuck finish or something like that. And he goes, there's no way I'm going to beat Randy Savage, you know? <clears throat> and he said they did the sequence at this house show. And that's the sequence they did. They'll go into the body slam, reverse it, boom, hit the hit the, hit the the diamond cutter. One, two, three. And he said Savage tapped him on the shoulder and was like, that's the pay-per-view finish, brother. And DDP was like, holy fuck. <laughs> <laughs> like... He's like, he's just, 
he's going to fucking put me over at the pay-per-view. And he said after that, it was like, he said, like, basically said that he always had respect for Randy, but that made him just be like, this dude's the fucking man. Like, he doesn't care about putting somebody over or doing yeah. it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. He's kind of, Savage is kind of like uh, Terry Funk in that manner. Like, I don't give a shit. I'm Randy Savage. Like I made, I, I've made my name. I've done my. I've done that, my thing. That's what I've always said. That makes to me makes Savage, um, a higher class than Hogan. A higher class than Piper. Um, at times a higher class, like a more class act than Flair. Yeah, I never have ever heard I have heard of Randy Savage being a pain in the ass as far as uh, um, Randy Savage wouldn't do that merchandising yes, Randy Savage wouldn't do that or merchandising deals or contract negotiation or something like that but I have never heard anybody ever say yeah, Randy Savage said he wouldn't put me over Randy Savage said he was too big, big a star to put me over Nothing like that Hogan shit, you know, and 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 all that. That doesn't work for me, brother. Within the context of a match, Randy Savage at the end of the day was a pro wrestler, and pro wrestlers put each other over. Yeah. And so, with that being said, that was Spring Stampede nineteen ninety seven. Um, as as a, as the show is just kind of was, it was just there, like. Really, it it was just it was just a fucking it, I don't wanna, I don't want to say like it wasn't a bad pay per view, but it wasn't like a oh my god I can't believe that was fucking great you know right nothing felt like other than Bischoff and um, Savage fighting at the end of it and a little bit of the Chris Benoit Dean Malenko fuckery whatever was going on the confusion there it didn't feel like anything got like you know ended or started or anything like that it was just kind of like blah placeholder yeah but other than that um next week all right let me look at my notes so make sure my dates are correct um Next week, we'll be talking about the Monday Night Raw, the WWF Raw is War from finally out of March, so I'll stop fucking up the date. Um, and that'll be in Muncie, Indiana. And um, the WCW Nitro will be in Huntsville, Alabama. And that's obviously also on the 7th of April, 1997. So, we're looking forward to talking about that. I want to thank everybody for listening along with us tonight. And um, if you feel the need, please go ahead, promote the show for me, put it out there, let everybody know what's going on, give it a rating, comment on it, whatever you do. Um, and I promise folks it's starting, it's going to get a lot more. Um, it's going to get even more exciting as we keep going on. Cause we're moving into an actual, war between these promotions and yep. WWF's going to start throwing their shit up WCW they're going to 
attempt to amp up their stuff. But you guys, to their own detriment. <laughs> yes. You guys are going to see the the rise of the greatest era of professional wrestling, in my opinion. And I know that's my opinion because it's when I was a kid. But this this is the best time. And if you guys want uh, one more thing, if you guys want like to know... We only talk about what you see on the screen here, but if you want to know about the in-depth, what's going on at this point, um, I believe Nate's show is still kind of keeping along with the I, my, my show has, it's a little ahead of yours now because mine actually goes from the week we're actually in now, 30 years ago. But we're still in the same, same time frame. We're still in 97. Yes. So you can use it kind of as a companion piece to see what's going on behind the scenes at the time. Yeah. So, that's why what that's why honestly folks when I do the TV reviews on Slice of Time I kind of flash through it because we do a full TV review here. Yes. So, but anyway. There's a big ass bumblebee. <laughs> well, you need to sign off cuz your co-host set okay. the piss really bad. All right. So, uh, <laughs> I want to thank everybody for listening. Listen to all the other shows on the uh WrestleNet Radio Uh, family of podcasts and like i said thanks guys for listening and we'll see you next week